0: ever felt paralyzed by fear and failure? As recovering perfectionists, we know exactly how that feels. Once we realize that success is impossible to achieve without failure and that fear will always be present, we broke through barriers in our lives and never looked back. That discovery turned into a true passion to share that knowledge with as many people as possible and to help you shake it up and make a change. I'm Rachel Roth and I'm Christina Martinez and this is The, the Shake Up. up. I have a special co-host today. Christina has a sick family. So Derek Roth, my husband, has graciously agreed to step in and bring some wisdom on today's topic. I'm back. Yes. I got invited back. I'm so excited. <laughs> Derek and I are, yeah, we we actually love doing this stuff. So, okay, just a little background. Uh, for the past five years, Derek and I have coached thousands of people on business, life, everything in between. And one of the biggest common denominators that we see is that people are trapped in their comfort zones. And in order for you to change your life and your circumstances, you have to break out of that cycle. So we have a name for this. We call it comfort traps.
1: The comfort traps. That's right. And everybody has them. Mm It feels like it.
0: OK, so typically we find that there's a catalyst in somebody's life that really precipitates a change. So, you know, I don't I don't know, Derek, do you have a time in your life that you can think of that something profound happened that maybe caused you to make some big changes or anything like that?
1: I see where you're going. Huh. And I don't like it.
0: Huh. Yeah.
1: I had a profound event did you tell us, tell us about
0: that tell us
1: so it started off innocent enough i had a dry patch of all things just on the top of my wrist small little spot but it would get really dry and sometimes it would spread and i would put you know lotion on it and nothing would ever fix it but i complained about it enough and you know how guys are we're not going to the doctor ever But I complain about it enough that Rachel finally says, I've had enough. I've already scheduled you an appointment with a dermatologist. You're going on Tuesday. So I'm like, fine. What are they going to do? Nothing fixes this. What are they going to do? She's like, they're going to give you something. So I show up. I'm making up that it was Tuesday. I don't know if it was Tuesday. I show up to the dermatologist. They take me back to the room. And the nurse looks at me and says, well, just undress, uh, get into this gown, and we'll check you. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 that's not, (laughs) we don't need to do that. It's really just this small, tiny spot. On my wrist. On my (laughs) wrist. It's right here. I don't need to undress my entire body. And and like, kind of like giving her like, just take a look at it. Take a look. It's right here, right here. We don't need to undress. This is no big deal. And she goes, well, (laughs) this is your first visit, so... We have to do like a full examination. That's what we do for all of our new, <laughs> all of our new patients. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's just my wrist. So, so they're not budging on this. So she leaves the room, leaves the gown and I'm not really thinking anything of it. I was just like, well, let's just check my wrist. So I put the gown on and I get undressed, put the gown on and I'm looking around the room. There's like nowhere to sit except for the exam table. Right? Well, anybody that's ever sat on an exam table knows that it's the most unflattering position that you could possibly be in. Because, you know, it's raised off the ground, so your feet can't touch the ground. I mean, I'm five nine point five five. I mean, who's counting? Right. Like my feet aren't touching the ground. It, so I'm just, just sitting dangling. there and just, I'm da- yeah. everything's just <laughs> just rolling out in. At this time of my life, I was I was pretty chunky. Like I was pretty chunky. So, you just it, had some fluff. It's not a big deal. The dermatologist is going to come in and I'm just going to get out of here and nothing's going to fix this wrist, but whatever. We're fine. So, sure enough, I'm waiting there about 10 minutes and just looking at myself kind of just like, "Oh, gosh, I need to do something about this." Well, I hadn't seen the doctor at this point. The doctor opens the door, and of course, my wife is sitting right here, but it's like I told her, she was pretty. <laughs> I'm human. <laughs> like she was pretty. And I was kind of taken aback, going, Oh my gosh, I feel completely naked. <laughs> I'm sitting on this exam table. Oh gosh, this is awful. And the first words out of her mouth is not, hey, why are you here today? It's hey, I have a student here that's, you know, shadowing me today. It's part of her training. Do you mind if she comes in? I'm like, oh, let's just bring everybody in. Why not? And, of course, she brings this student in who is, of course, what? Attractive. Attractive. So I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Like, this this could not get any worse. I came in here for my wrist. Your I'm feet a,
0: are dangling I'm off the table. My feet are
1: dangling. <laughs> I just look horrible, right? It's early on a Tuesday. like It's just, it's not a good situation. And instead of going straight into it so we could get out of here, they start going through my health background. Like the things that you actually fill out in the waiting room, they started going over with me. So they asked me questions like, one of the questions that really stands out is they asked, what do you do for athletic activity? And I'm looking at myself like, obviously nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Can't you tell? So at the time, I literally was... So I was an athlete, like, my entire life. and But I was at a stage in my life that at the time, I was literally playing softball, like on Tuesday nights. So my answer was... I play competitive softball on Tuesday nights. <laughs> and when it came out of my mouth, I was like, now judge me, <laughs> right? Like it was just awful. So they, they're going through all these questions. And all I can think about is, gosh, you couldn't come up with anything more. And the minute I get out of this, minute I get out of this room, I'm going to change everything. But that was like a defining moment for me because I got so uncomfortable that i said when i leave this room everything's going to change i'm never going to feel like this again so it was like a huge it was a huge change for me
0: yeah absolutely that is it, it this story kills me i mean it i've heard it so many times and every single time it makes me laugh so hard i love it because it's hilarious obviously like bless your heart you were just sort of like You felt humiliated, but you also, it caused some really big changes in your life because you were forced to come face to face with kind of like the result of the neglect that you had been taking every single day, right? Like you had neglected working out, you had Mm -hmm. neglected making good food choices, you had neglected those things. And so you had to come face to face with sort of the, the fruits of that right? And oh, so it caused yeah. a, a pretty big change in your life. Um, But you did decide to take control over the things in your life that you were unhappy with, and that only you could change, right? Like that right. was a really, that was like the biggest part of that experience for you is that you were like, okay, I'm going to make changes. And I'm the only one can, that can do it. Nobody can do this for me.
1: Right. And, you know, of course, we talk about goal setting, right? all the time when we're coaching, but this is a profound lesson for most people. Jordan Peterson says it best. He says, uh, he has a great line that sometimes defining your hell is just as important as defining your goals. My goal when I left that office was not to look like Brad Pitt in six months. My goal was never to feel that hell again, do whatever it takes to not feel like that again. So once I had this defined version of hell, I had a roadmap to run away from basically. So literally from that day, I decided I'm losing 30 pounds because at the time, I I weighed 203 pounds in that office. Well, this frame Wasn't built for 203 pounds. It doesn't look good at 203. So I said, okay, if I lose 30 pounds, 173 pounds, that's my fighting weight. (laughs) Like, that's what I'm going to get to. I'm going to lose 30 pounds. So what did I do? I, I completely stopped drinking sodas. I can't tell you how many sodas I was drinking because everybody will judge me, but it was too many. Oh, and the full sugar sodas. Oh, it oh, wasn't like a leaded, diet soda, which leaded. is
0: terrible already, but like, yeah. Correct.
1: Fully leaded sodas. Doesn't matter. When people go sodas, what which kind? All of them. Does not matter. <laughs> Dr. Pepper Coke. That's why I say soda. Okay. <laughs> uh so I stopped drinking sodas. I stopped eating fast food completely. I never ate fast food. So fried foods, I was terrified of because I knew there was no way I was going to lose that weight if I was eating fast food. Uh, I started making totally different changes when it came to fitness. I, I was a runner in high school as well as other things, but I decided I was going to run a half marathon, my first half marathon. I, I did that uh, that totally made a huge impact in me losing weight. I started playing soccer again. So I made conscious like decisions because of that hell I was running away from. Right. And it's stuck with me. This was years ago. I mean, this was over a decade ago, almost. And to this day, I have metrics in place because I'll step on a scale at least, you know, maybe once a week. It's not like I'm just habitual about it, but I'll step on it once a week and see if I'm a, where am I at in relation to 173? (laughs) Am I 178 or am I 181 and we got a problem, right? And I'm making conscious decisions to see where I'm at all of the time to make sure I never get to a point that, oh my gosh, I'm 203. And That hell I was in was because I made all of these comfortable decisions for so long. Eating fast food is easy. And by the way, it's delicious, right? It's delicious. (laughs) Sodas, really great right when you drink them. But when you make decisions like that all the time, you don't even realize you're making those decisions and it doesn't catch up to you that day. But a year goes by, five years go by, 10 years go by, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, what happened, right? So now I have these metrics in place that I can keep myself in check. And sure, I might have my cheat days and I might eat fast food every now and again, but it is not a habit, right? So, I mean, you have these same stories.
0: Like, I do. But, but you know, one, one thing I want to point out really quickly about your situation is you were you were super athletic in high school mm-hmm. you were involved in basically every single sport you have a lot of natural athletic ability, which is very different than me, who is the <laughs> single most unathletic human being on the planet. But
1: that's kind of an understatement.
0: It is. Yeah, it is a little bit. You have yeah, so I'm many being, other strengths. I'm being though. humble. Yeah, I do have many other strengths outside yes. of athletics. But you were like this athlete and you were this fine tuned, you know, sort of athletic figure that you didn't have to worry about anything and you just slowly started to let those things go because you weren't making a conscious decision every single day and listen i mean it's it's youth it's inexperience it's like of you course. don't realize a lot of those things until they're gone but it is interesting how it it's such a physical representation of when you stop making the decision every single day to kind of work towards bettering yourself and you start to neglect those things, like the the snowball effect of that, it really does start to to add up. It's very, very interesting. Well,
1: and it sneaks up on you because, Mm -hmm. like you said, I mean, I was an athlete. And when you're an athlete in high school and it – carries on into college. Well, in college, you can get away with murder. Right. And to be honest, in your early 20s, you can literally kind of get away with murder on how you treat yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you keep doing that, it is going to catch up. And it's it's ugly when it catches up to you. Right. But you've we all fall into these comfort traps and you specifically have fallen into those comfort traps before. I've noticed it. And you've had massive growth Professionally and specifically on social media, I can literally tie it back to a certain time in my brain. Like, what was that for you that changed over the past year? the comfort traps that you were able to avoid?
0: yeah, yeah. you you said I fell into comfort traps, but, like really, it was more i i had I had never broken out of the comfort traps sure. I think is like the better way to say it because I, and, and it's funny, I think a lot of it is, is upbringing and it's, where do you fall in the family? And I have, I have a, tw- obviously I have a twin sister and we're the middle child. We always joke about how we are the middle child, right? And we have an older sister and we have a younger sister. Rebecca and I never, as the middle child, our job was to never ruffle feathers, right? We never wanted to cause a stir. And even to this day, I was joking about it with my dad a couple of days ago, how uh, we just never want to inconvenience anybody. We never want to kind of draw attention to ourselves. And so I think that was a really big part of why I had fallen into so many different traps of being comfortable and I would blame it on and really attribute it to, oh, I just don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. I would never want to draw too much attention to myself. So what I did instead is I I never uh, said what I wanted to say and I never did what I wanted to do. So what you're talking about specifically is really kind of the shift that I made in my mind with my business and with my social media. And it was a very specific time. And I remember it vividly. It was, we were with Mel Robbins doing a Q and a, um, she is just incredible. And one of my just heroes, she just, she has so much knowledge and wisdom and she, we had asked questions and she was choosing questions to answer. And I remember she answered my question and it was about social media. She made one comment. I don't even remember the question. I don't remember anything else necessarily that she said that day specifically. But we have video on it. Yeah, we do. We've got the (laughs) video. But she did say one thing that changed my life. And she said, your social media is not for your friends. Your social media is for your business and to impact as many lives as possible. And that was such a light bulb moment for me because I realized How much of my life and how much of my presence on social media, which listen, social media is, is a lot of it is smoke and mirrors and whatever, but you can use it as a powerful platform to impact other people's lives in a positive way. And what I realized during that, that time and during that conversation with her is that I had been making myself small to fit into a little tiny box so that I never I never made anybody raise their eyebrows and disapprove, right? What if our friends, you know, Derek, what if, what if I posted something and our friends thought I was crazy? What if they didn't approve? What if they thought, what if they didn't understand what I, what I meant? What if they thought I was being ostentatious? What if they, right? Like all these things would go through my mind and I, that's what I would filter it through before I would, before I would move forward and before I would hit the post button, versus, you know, Gary V said, I was listening to something the other day that he said, and he said, stop posting things to get likes. Start posting things that you're passionate about, right? And so now that I'm, now that I, it's kind of like when you buy a new car and you never really noticed that car on the road before and then all of a sudden you buy it and you see it everywhere, right? right? So you start to pick up on all those things and I just, it all started to, to kind of come full circle for me and I was like, I am going to, stop asking permission. I'm going to stop worrying about ruffling feathers. I'm going to start being uh, more intentional about the things that I'm talking about and the things that I'm posting on social media specifically so that I am bringing value to every single person that comes to my page. If you come to my page, you are going to get value, right? And so I made that shift. And really the the social media thing is not just for, it's because it's part of our our business, right? And so my my passion in life and my passion in our business and, and coaching people in business is to help them realize their potential, help them realize what they are capable of, help them realize how unique they are and what they can offer the world and how they can do that in a way that nobody else can. Truly, every single person out there, and God gave me this gift, and I know it because every single person I come into contact with, it's like almost instantaneously I can identify the unique characteristics within that person that make them so unique other than outside of every other person I've ever met. Right. And so when I can identify those things, a lot of times I just tell people and I don't hold it inside, but it's like, I have that gift and that ability. And that is my passion is to help people realize their uniqueness that you don't have to be afraid to stand up and you don't have to be afraid to, to be an individual because you are the only one that is ever going to be you. Who was it that said, I can't be any, or I, I I can only be myself. Everybody else is taken. <laughs> yeah, like, that's great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah right. I mean, it, like, it's so true. So when I made that shift and when I started to, to change my focus on what I was doing and, and kind of shed the fear of, of judgment, maybe, maybe that was what it was. I just, right. I just decided to sort of shed that that cloak that had been weighing me down so heavily. It was sort of amazing to see what happened. And within a year, I grew uh, my you know, my Instagram grew by over a hundred thousand followers, which was which was crazy. I just, you know, I remember, Fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting for the longest time just to try to get to that 10,000 number because you got the swipe swipe up up. (laughs) feature, right? That doesn't even exist anymore. But, but I just remember, you know, thinking, oh man, anybody who has that swipe up feature, they are just the bee's knees, you know? Oh, Yeah. yeah. Like, how, how on earth did they make that happen? I, I, I could never do that. But what, it was as those people were very intentionally bringing value, and so that's what I started to do: is really try to breathe life into every single person that I came into contact with, and and still do right. So whether that's in person, whether that is uh, through social media platforms, right, or uh, whether it's on team team trainings or individual coaching sessions or whatever it is that we're doing. It really is the focus to just make sure that you are bringing a level of value in everything that you do and so that was the big shift for me getting out of that comfort zone of being being afraid I guess
1: yeah and that's not just you say that you know God has given you this gift but that you've had you've had to harness that because that is a unique skill set and it doesn't come naturally but it's becoming natural to you because you constantly are trying to learn everything you can about people around you. That's a that's a big part of who you are. And it's funny because our circle of friends, if they said, if you want to feel good about yourself, get Rachel on the phone with you. Right. Like she she's like the ultimate hype man. <laughs> like so hype
0: girl. I yeah. mean, yeah.
1: Hey, hype man! People yeah. know what it is, right? <laughs> so, I mean, but that's funny because to a T, I have multiple guy friends of mine that are like, "Man, your wife makes me feel amazing about myself." Yeah, <laughs> and it's that's awesome. I love. I know. Well, yeah, but that's you have to want to serve other people to have that skill set. So, it is something that anybody can do, mm-hmm. and. Everything that we're talking about, it's kind of like what we want to pass on to our children, too. The only time I want my children to follow what everybody else is doing is if it's a fire exit. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Outside of that, I want them to challenge the status quo. I want them to ask, why are we doing it this way? If everybody's doing it this way and the average person in their life is unhappy, maybe we should challenge what we're doing to have a better outcome. And it's those kind of, we call them geniuses. I think they're just creative thinkers. I think that they just don't fit into the societal norms and they make decisions that seem so obvious to them. And I think everybody has that skill in them. It's just we've been stuck in the comfort zone for so long that it becomes really hard to make some of those decisions.
0: For sure it does. The easiest thing to do in the world is to stay comfortable. You never, I mean, listen, it seems like the easiest thing
1: in the world. No, it's easy for a time and then it becomes the most difficult thing in your life.
0: That is the truth right there. But on a daily basis, choosing to stay within your comfort zone is the choice that your your brain and your mind tell you that you want to do. I was listening to a, a podcast this morning and it was and it was talking about how, you know, and we we talk about this all the time, how your your brain is wired for survival. Your brain is not actually wired for success. It's it's wired for survival. And the survival part of it means that. You actually try to preserve as much energy as possible, which means you are cutting corners, being, you know, trying to not expend energy, if at all possible. That's what your brain is trying to tell you to do. Right. So you have to actively work in opposition to what your what your natural instincts are trying to convince Absolutely. you of. You have to work in active opposition to that and and fight that desire to to not get out of bed in the morning and, and work on that morning routine. Or, you know, it's like all of those things, go, go work out. You have to fight that, that urge. And right. yeah, so.
1: No, I, I, I agree with you. And I think we could talk about things that we do actively to combat those comfort zone things. So. Yeah,
0: for sure. Because life spills over into business. Right. And so if if you are actively just trying to be comfortable in your home life, right? Like for you, okay, let's let's take back and and think about your story. You wanted to be in a place of comfort, quote unquote comfort where you didn't didn't want to maybe go to the gym.
1: Oh, I looked comfortable. Didn't want to <laughs> He looks fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> he just looks he like did... a comfortable pillow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's
0: awesome. But it's like you—you you wanted to be comfortable there, right? So that, but that apathy spills over into your professional life and anything in your life that you want to change, you will lose the drive and you will lose the motivation to change those things if you are not trying to break any of those comfort traps. In your regular personal life, so okay. So when you when you think about that, and you think about changing the habits that do not serve you well, what are the things that you changed? Like a couple things that you changed because I think you've changed a lot, and I think sure. we we both have. But what are a couple examples of things that you've changed in in your life now that you did not have in your previous life?
1: Oh, God. my favorite. I, I'll pick one recently, and I'll pick. One from the past. My favorite thing now is changing your circle. And and I advise, to anybody I coach, I always wanna know what their circle looks like. Whether it's a team member, their team members, their culture, whatever, I wanna know what their circle looks like. And you know we've all heard, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. No truer words have ever been spoken, by the way, but you don't realize that when you're younger. It, it's hard to pinpoint that but you can actively change that as an adult. And the things I do, because we have made such a shift to this entrepreneurial mindset, I find myself gravitating towards those people because I always want to pick the brains of people that have been there, right? And it doesn't matter if it has anything to do with our business, anything to do with a business that I plan on starting. I have lunches with friends just to pick their brain on what they are doing in their business. Might not have anything to do with what I do, but I always learn something. And if you become a constant learner and you constantly change your circle, your mind is going to open up to so many different opportunities that you didn't realize existed because you cannot see those opportunities when you're in your comfort zone. They don't exist. Because again, your brain is telling you they don't exist when you should be listening to your gut and your heart, right? So first thing, look at your circle. Are you surrounded by negative people? If you are, you should change that and you should change it immediately. Like I used to joke that if you're surrounded by, like, I wish I could make an EpiPen for negativity, because anytime somebody gets in my circle or around my wife's circle that is negative, I'm going to shoot them with, an, with this anti-negativity EpiPen because negativity does nothing, nothing productive for anybody. But people always think it does, right? Well, it's constructive criticism. No, it's not. It's just negativity, <laughs> right? So bring it out of my zone. And then uh, I think the best one for me, And I know this is controversial, but the second I ditched a salary, the world opened up Mm. and I'm not advising you to go home or go to your boss and quit today. I'm advising you to have a plan, but I will tell you this, a salary for some people is the ultimate comfort zone. And it keeps you from dreaming about what you're really capable of. If you have a salary and you love what you're doing and it's your dream job and it's what you want to do for the rest of your life, by no means change anything. But if you know in your gut, in your heart, that there's something more out for you, explore that. That doesn't mean you have to make a rash decision, but you should constantly be exploring those ideas and opening up your mind to those possibilities those, those are my things, but what about, I mean, you've yeah, got to have salary, something, right? The salary one, was, a big one. It,
0: that was a really big one for, for me, me too. Yeah, Very big for me. Not, not, no longer being able to just rely on that automatic, that direct deposit every two weeks. Sure, it, It's so foreign to me now looking back and being, and, and thinking about just that, that direct deposit every two weeks and, you know, it kind of never changed, never really, right. really mattered that much. What what your effort was. You just kind of you, you lived on that hamster wheel.
1: It's like it's for the first time. You have to be resourceful now. Your your right. brain has, to, okay, now I got it. I've got to change. And
0: you're so much more resourceful than you ever knew you were. Right. It's like shocking. It opens up this whole new world, and it's the most exciting thing. I, I, I could now... That's what drives me is, sure. is it's so fun,
1: right? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, imagine Super- like Superman without any villains. Right. <laughs> How yeah. would you know you're Superman? Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, until you go out there and challenge yourself. Yeah. You're not going to know what you're capable of. Right. And when you find out what you're capable of, that's the sweet spot. That's when, you, that's when you go, holy cow, I was built for so much more. And your brain opens up to opportunities that when you are in your comfort zone, you would have never, ever, ever dreamed about?
0: Yeah, for sure. So for me, the biggest comfort trap that I had to break was uh, basically staying in bed in the morning until the very last second necessary uh, to get up and get ready for the day. And I think that uh, years of dread, years of dreading going to work and not being passionate.
1: Are you talking about the Sunday blues too? <laughs> about, yes,
0: yeah. But that that sort of dread, right? I right. would just hit snooze, snooze, snooze until it was the very last second, right? Mel Robbins' book, The Five Second Rule, is one of the things that changed my life. And then Robin Sharma's book, The 5 AM Club, also changed my life uh, so much. It's it's hard to even quantify how how much it changed my life. But what those two books really taught me were I've got, I, I, for me, a morning routine, getting uncomfortable, even though my body wants to hit snooze and not get out of bed. Now I sleep with my phone in the bathroom. So I have to get up out of bed to go turn off the snooze button or turn, yeah, turn off the alarm. We've already
1: covered this on (laughs) it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now, now it's like in the other room, so I can't hit it, right? But even if I did hit it, still having that discipline of getting up and having a morning routine. Um... Is setting myself up for micro wins throughout the day. Um, as Robin Sharma likes to say, it's, you know, micro wins throughout the day lead to a glorious life. And it's, it's pretty incredible to see just in the, in the couple few years that I've been doing that, to see the, the fruits of that and to see how fundamentally I've changed as a person.
1: Profound it, change.
0: Profound changes. It's so interesting. I was talking to my dad and, you know, we were talking about success. And I said, you know, dad, it's funny. I don't know what success is like for other people. I wouldn't consider myself have founding. I, I don't think that I have found true success yet. I, I don't think I'll ever feel like I've arrived. What I am the most struck by is who I am becoming in the process and what I'm learning along the way and how there is no chance. If you gave me the opportunity five and a half years ago and you just get, you, I just won the lottery and you said, Rachel, quit your job, do whatever you want. If you gave me the opportunity right now to go back and do that, I would turn you down because skipping the struggle skips every single important lesson that life has to teach you. I embrace the struggle. I embrace now. I love getting out of my comfort zone, and it is so crazy to even hear my word myself say those words because, for so long, I just I lived in the shadow, in right. the comfort zone of my life, never wanting to break out of it because I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. But now, you know, it's it really is incredible. But I want to I want to close this out with another very profound. I know I mentioned uh, Robin Sharma a couple times, but he had a very profound quote that I heard the other day. And he said, the discomfort of growth is much less dangerous than the illusion of safety. The discomfort of growth is much less dangerous than the illusion of safety. So those comfort zones, those comfort traps that you might be stuck in, don't fool yourself. It is an illusion. Because one day, those are going to build up and build up and leave you in a place that you really don't want to be in. But getting out of your comfort zone and doing things that are just a little bit difficult, just a little bit more every single day leads you to a life of true
1: greatness. So
0: Derek, thanks for, thanks for stepping in today. We miss Christina so bad and we can't see her again, but this was so fun. I mean,
1: the last minute call. That's right. The last minute call.
0: Yes. it, it was really answer a, it. Yes, I know. It wasn't really a call because we were sitting well, next no. to each other in the car and I said, Same. Hey,
1: you're doing this. Hey, <laughs> can
0: you, can you do this? And you said, yeah. Okay. So anyway, but uh, yes, thanks for, thanks for being with me today. We'll do this I again soon. It. The we'll Rachel, the Rachel and Derek special. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, If this was impactful for you at all, please share this with somebody that you think would, would be impacted as well. And you can follow us on Instagram. We'll put all of that in the show notes. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review our show. It gets the information that you love out to even more people. Thanks so much.